goes upstairs sometimes. All right, now let's get back to our seats. <laughs> All right. Everybody back to their seats. Well, there was a lot of buzzing going on. I would love to be in part of this conversation. Did you guys learn a lot about one another? Cheryl called me up and told me about this game, and I was really excited. And I was, well, I wanted to know if you were going to be on death row, what would be your last meal, but she changed the question. <laughs> but I won't tell you what I'll have, but maybe you could ask me later who I'd have dinner with. <laughs> All right, well, tonight, well, today, okay, I just came back from Florida, so I'm a little off. <laughs> today, um, we are going to have a panel we are blessed with beautiful women who are wise and love the Lord. And I'm going to call them up. So today we're going to be talking about bridging the generations. I'm going to call up Lindsay Blanding before I do. Lindsay Blanding is 26 years old. She hails from the good, sunny state of Florida. She's been calling San Francisco and Cornerstone home for three years. God has been opening doors. That's what happens when you get older. God has been opening doors to serve in various ministries such as Connection Center, Quarter Life, which is the 20s and 30s. She's also done dinner dialogues and women's ministries and the women's retreat. She currently is a marketing, online marketing at Johnson and Johnson's Baby.com. So let me just get a show of hands. Who here is in their 20s? Right on, Lindsay. So as Lindsay represents you, this is what Lindsay says. Lindsay finds the 20 singles community at Cornerstone and in San Francisco to be vibrant and full of activity. <laughs> she feels those in her decade often have more disposable time and indeed fill up their time with wealth of opportunities that exist in their fast-paced lifestyle. Between work and friends and Facebook, <laughs> intimacy with others and the Lord can be difficult to achieve. One of the challenges is that immediate family are often far away. And there's a feeling of loneliness. In spite of all the activity because of the independent culture, nonetheless, it is an exciting and pivotal time as many key decisions are often made. What you ask, school, career, dating, marriage, where to settle, etc. Choosing to seek the Lord is indeed, and these turning points can have boundless impacts. At this point, her generation, that's y'all, has likely stepped out from under their parents' faith and are challenged to discover their own identity and beliefs. How do we find time to balance all these things while prioritizing true intimacy with our relationship with the Lord and cultivating deep relationships with others? Ladies and gentlemen, Lindsay Bland. <laughs> Representing the 30s. Who here is in their 30s? Christy Corrigan comes from the beautiful, windy city, Chicago. Christy. Woo. Woo. 
Take it off. Take it off. <laughs> I never thought I would hear it on my church stage, but <laughs> you know, here you can be really real. Christy Corrigan is currently working on her doctorate in clinical psychology. She's completing an internship at A Better Way, where she provides therapy to children and families involved in foster care system. Christy served extensively in the youth ministry at Cornerstone for over seven years, as well as Cleansing Stream in the nursery, and has led various women's small groups. Now, for those of you in our 30s, yes. <laughs> you may also in your 30s find increased peace, wisdom, confidence, and joy. Those in this decade understand themselves more and less concerned about what other people think about them and their decisions. However, knowing how to honor elderly parents as independent adults can be difficult. Christy has discovered a greater confidence in God, God's love for her, but finds the women in this generation often continue to deal with feelings of loneliness. At the same time, they experience considerable freedom and opportunities, which enables them to serve at a high capacity and share what the Lord has taught them. In this decade, facing the issues of growing older, getting wrinkles, and deciding how I will handle this cultural pressure to fight aging and, and erase any physical signs of it, it's a glaring <laughs> challenge. Her question to you is, how do we set an example of hope and trust in the midst of personal difficulties and physical changes? Let's give it up for Christy Corrigan. <laughs> Cheryl Brisbane. Do I get music? <laughs> Cheryl Brisbane, okay, gasp now, is 46, looks 20. And she is the pastor's wife, Pastor Terry. Together they have four beautiful children. For two decades, she has served in the women's ministry as director of women's ministry director. That's redundant, Maggie. Okay. <laughs> she has mentored many women's She's ministry so leaders. She finds joy in seeing women becoming all they can be <coughs> and meant for the Lord. Now, who here is in your 40s? <laughs> oh, that's right. I represent. It's like equal. Okay. It seems like, it seems like a, yeah. Those of us in our 40s. Maggie, take off your sweater. <laughs> Those of you in our 40s, you may be faced with change and crossroads. Don't all nod at once. <laughs> it's a time of letting go of summer youth and moving forward to the richness of autumn season. Usually by this period of time, there's an accumulation of life experience and wisdom to draw from. But there is also an awareness of aging. What is that for that? <laughs> Energy is mellowing. Wrinkles are emerging. <laughs> And vision is going, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, and speckles of gray are starting to show. So I get my highlights earlier this week. <laughs> this can also be a time where many start to reevaluate their career and life choices. As a result, it can be a bit disconcerting as one ponders what might have been as well as whether one should push into something new and different. Some might be struggling with letting go of children as they make their way into young adulthood. This transition can be, my eyes no. 
hard no. for you. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Some may be struggling with letting go of children as they make their way into young adulthood. This transition for many women are, are grappling with. And what to do next, like me. <laughs> okay, in the Bay Area, many women are getting married later. So you may be experiencing energy, expending energy raising young children. This can be challenging, a challenging balancing act. The 40s are sometimes thought of as halfway point of life or midlife. It may be laced with crossroads of decision making as we reassess our identity and purpose for the next half years of our lives. Cheryl's question to us 40s are, how can we allow this season to be one of the potential steps into new beginnings and of opportunity to give back to others we've learned in our past? Ladies and gentlemen, Cheryl Brisbane. All right. Mary Flaherty, come on down. and has served in marriage ministry and the nursery. In recent years, she's reshuffled things a bit, leaving her job as a registered nurse, as well as her longtime familiar ministries to begin serving the youth at Cornerstone. Woo, woo, woo. She has been married to her husband, John, for 32 years and have three grown sons. Now, for those of you in, our, in your 50s, you may relate. Mary's generation is facing midlife, a time where she finds one of transition. Some key words to describe her decade are reevaluation, rediscovery, and alteration. For some, life continues much as before. For others, it can be a time of change, both external and internal. Often, this includes learning to let go in the midst of uncertainty. Answers don't come as quickly, and rarely with clarity. Oh. <laughs> the time her generation has ahead of them is almost certain shorter than behind them. Life doesn't come to a halt until we think we have all figured it out. Mary believes God has amplified desires to live meaningful, fruitful lives and is walking alongside her, unfolding each step as she increasingly depends on him. Her question to you in your 50s is, how can we best use this time that God has before us? How else does God want to use us to love and serve others? Give it up for Mary Flaherty. <laughs> Last but not least, <laughs> our beloved Priscilla Kalea. malfunction. <laughs> Priscilla is 69 years young. 
She was born in the Philippines and immigrated to Los Angeles with her family. She moved to the Bay Area in 1974 and has been calling Cornerstone her home for 19 years. She's worked in accounting for Pacific Bell, which is now 18 for 23 years, retired in 93. She's been a widow for 10 years, has four grandchildren and three grandchildren. Currently, Priscilla oversees the Eagles Wings prayer ministry and provides avenues for encourage for men and women to cultivate deeper intimacy with God through prayer, worship, and the word. She provides prayer support for the variety of ministries, including Coffee Talk, the pastoral staff, and she also prays over the Saturday and Sunday night services. Priscilla's moving. Who here is in their 60s, by the way? Priscilla and you <laughs> are moving one decade into the next. As you reflect on the 60s, she recognizes the challenges of physical aches and pains. Y'all don't need to be 60 for that. <laughs> as well as keeping up mentally with such fast-paced world. Women in their 60s often must cope with loss of loved ones, and some may be facing their own identity as single women again, after her passing of her husband. Priscilla finds her strength in being rooted in God and discovering creativity within her. It is a time to reach out across her generation to discover the youthful spirit still inside this aging body. And her question to you is how do we continue to grow in the Lord when it feels like we may no longer have the energy or strength to offer others? Ladies and gentlemen, Priscilla Kalea. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, that's it. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot from their bios. Um, you know, I just wanna, it's amazing to see how many different generations are represented here, especially the 20-something. I just want you guys to just, for those of you who are 20s, can you guys just shout out or call out any misconceptions your generation is facing? Lindsay, you might want to help me out. <laughs> sure. Um, I think that um, some things, um, in order to maybe talk about misconceptions, I want to say a little bit about maybe some things that define the generation. Um, I think that, um, for the most part, we're very busy. We live a pretty, especially in San Francisco, live a pretty fast-paced lifestyle, um, you know, usually working, involved at church, social activities, a lot of things going on. And I think that a misconception that can come from that is that maybe that there's a lack of depth there or a lack of commitment given like um, being involved in so many different things or you know running from place to place. Um, it also, um, I think that um, people in their 20s tend to have a lot of friendships and a lot of different things going on. So that may um, Make it seem like they, you know, there's a lot of, not a lot of depth in those relationships because they're like spread thin, um, and also the fact that people in their 20s are surrounded with um, activities and people all the time. It may um, seem that they're not lonely. Um, you know, their independent spirit or their activities and being surrounded by things may appear that you know they're not feeling lonely, but really inside there might be a loneliness there that's not evident. Those are Do you 20-somethings agree? Yes. yes. Well spoken there, Lindsay. So my question to you, Lindsay, is how have those misconceptions affect your ability to relate to women in a different generation? 
Um, so when I think about relating um, to women who are maybe in an older generation, um, there's definitely a desire on my part, and I've heard from other women in my age group, to uh, maybe have mentoring relationships or connect with women who are just more wise and experienced. Um, but sometimes it can seem, you know, like my life is filled with a lot of activities that are more optional or, you know, um, I choose to be as busy or not busy as I am. Um, but in the older generations, um, it tends to be that maybe they have a husband or a family and they might be more busy with responsibilities that are really, um, like, you know, requirements or responsibilities. Um, and so it can feel sometimes when you're younger, you know, oh, well, I want those types of relationships, but it's difficult for me to connect with them because they're so busy or um, they have responsibilities that aren't me. So, like, I don't want to infringe on that or what do I have to offer them because they're busy with this, you know, primary responsibility of their family. Um, so I think that that's one thing that makes it difficult. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Situation. I mean, would it be intimidating to say, well, let me kind of be a part of sort of maybe in some ways your busy, busier life, and it's busy in a different way, you know? Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. um, would that be intimidating for you to say, Kim, you know, do you mind if I kind of maybe help out with the kids or, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. I just want you to be paying att fully attention to me, or would it be okay to kind of come into, uh, you know, into uh, an older woman's kind of life? Yeah, I think the idea is to, to come alongside and um, be able to learn by example. Probably even, you know, there's you can learn from you know one-on-one -on -one discussion, but also just by like doing things together and, and observing um, in different contexts. So I think that there's definitely a desire for those connections and maybe there's just um, not understanding of how to form them, how to, you know, start them. Because I think right now, um, you know, we might have a tendency um, to, as soon as there's a free time, like, migrate to your group of people that you already know because, or that you're already bonded to or related to another way because it's just comfortable. Those are the people that you spend time with. You just know them. Um, and so there's more of like a, a, you know, there's a timidness about, you know, how do I kind of walk up to someone who I don't really know that well maybe or can't relate directly to and be like, hey, <laughs> can I help you with your kids? You know, like, I mean, and so I think that there's, um, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it's just maybe um, some either shyness or maybe it's awkward or not knowing how to, to kind of bridge those generations um, might be um, difficult. Um, but I think what someone said earlier, serving is a huge way to do that. I mean, because then it's, there's natural connections that happen through that because you usually have commonalities with people who are serving in a similar <laughs> ministry. Um, and um, you can come alongside and, and, and learn from each other even when you're not directly setting up the relationship to do that. You know, it happens because of the nature of, you know, what you're doing together. So. Come over anytime. <laughs> she does. No. So if you want her to watch your kids. <laughs> okay, Christy, what are some blessings and some challenges about being in your 30s? I think the biggest blessing about being in your 30s is 
new level of confidence, feeling really good in your skin, feeling really good about who you are, feeling more secure about your identity. Um, people told me this when I was in my 20s. I didn't necessarily believe them, but it's true. It really does get better as you get older, and uh, it's really neat. Um, lots of opportunities to pursue academics or a career or kind of deepen your relationships, worrying less about what other people think about you, feeling more free to do what you want and not worry as much if it's a little outside the norm. Those are some of the best things about it. How about some challenges? Usually the flip side of those same things. <laughs> um, similar to the 20s, I think um, maybe some loneliness, like realizing that spreading yourself thin is not going to satisfy the deeper desires of your heart. Um, dealing with the fact that um, you are getting older. I swear I didn't think it would happen to me. I really didn't. And then just one day, all of a sudden, it was there. Um, that was a challenge. Um, and I think, too, just dealing with loneliness, which is a beautiful thing, because I think I'd have to say it's probably been the biggest blessing to me, is the time alone with the Lord when I have talked to him about things I would never do if there was something exciting or adventurous or really satisfying right there in that moment. There were no kids screaming in the background, no <laughs> husband needing me. I was able to just sit there and listen, and I may have not have chosen that particular time for that particular meeting, but God did. And it has brought me so much wealth that time, so. Great. My last question to you, Christine, is why have you found it important to connect with women from different generations, and what are the benefits? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I'll start with the younger generation, with the teenagers, and then also with the 20s, now that I'm in my 30s. They have just really energized me. It is a wonderful thing to be able to take even your mistakes and see God use them to bless somebody else and to help them not make that same mistake or to feel more comfortable with where they are and to see God in it. It's a wonderful experience. And then seeing them grow in the Lord has just Amazing. And um, the older women, oh, man, you know, there are times when I think, if I just had a family, if I just had this, if I just had that, and then I would sit with some of my friends who <laughs> have children and families, and they would talk to me about the challenges, and they would say, wow, you got to read a book yesterday? <laughs> and um, so I get to appreciate more of what I have. And also, um, one of the things I'm most thankful for is some of the issues I may have had with my parents, the way I grew up, the way they raised me. And they, um, they loved me. They did a wonderful job. But there are times I haven't appreciated really what was hard for them and what they did well. And getting to spend time with older women who talk about trying to be good parents has really made me appreciate more what it was like for my parents and how they can have such a good heart and good intentions. And things can go awry, or I can misunderstand them. So it's really helped me to grow closer to my parents by spending time with older women, some of whom have filled gaps, you know, not having a grandmother that I was close to, not always feeling close to my mom. It's really blessed me a lot. Thank you. That was beautiful. Any thoughts, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> We're just waiting for our turn. <laughs> Every decade has something to, to reflect back on, right? So yeah. I'm reflecting back, and can I, should I just yes, go next? May. Okay. Because um, you're 40. Because I'm 40. <laughs> well, I'm 40. I get to do what I want to do. So. Um, well, it's just really interesting because I do remember the 30s, there was a kind of resurgence of a, a bit more of a confidence of, you know, this is uh, who I am. And 
Then something begins to happen in mid-40s. All of a sudden, it really does begin to change. There's a, it's, um, when they talk about midlife or midlife crisis, which, by the way, it doesn't always have to be a crisis, but there is a midlife evaluation. There's just the reality that all of a sudden, you know, I'm halfway done with my life. And what do I want to do now? You know, what, what is the next thing for me? And I think this could be the true for, it, it's interesting because 40 seems to have a, a convergence, especially here in the, in the Bay Area, of many different women in different um, circumstances. So for myself, maybe I'm in a little bit more of a traditional circumstance. I have children who are now in college. It's, it's starting to be the empty nest. It's starting to say goodbye to something that I've known for many, many years of being an at-home mom and now letting go of, of my children as they're becoming adults. So it's, you know, it, it puts you in a really interesting place as, as you begin to kind of think, you know, what do I like, what do I want to do next? You know, what do I like to do? The scary part is when you go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, and then we have women that um, many have gotten married later and now they're in the middle of, you know, in their 40s raising very small children. And I can remember, you know, raising four young ones when I was in my 20s and 30s. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of energy. So I can only imagine what it takes when you're, in your 40s and your energy starts to wane, you know, it starts to get less, that it just takes a lot out of you. So there becomes an adjustment too. And it's also if you were in the corporate world before, and all of a sudden now you're in this very self-sacrificing world of motherhood. It's kind of like, you know, before there was this very specific identity and now it's trying to reclaim that like, you know, because all you feel like you're doing is changing diapers and wiping noses and cleaning dishes and there's another pile of laundry and who needs to be driven where and, you know, so it's a whole different world. Then, in fact, I thought it was important for Maggie to be here too because she represents a, a large contingent of women who are 40s and single. So that, I think, also creates maybe some self-evaluation as well as you begin to kind of wonder, you know, will there be a family or, or you know, what the dream of maybe what you imagined was supposed to happen maybe has not happened yet. And, but it still puts you in that season of evaluation again. So I think that is a commonality of the 40s and um, you know, the midlife. And it's a, it, can be a, it can be a dangerous or exciting time. Because the dangerous time is that when all these self-evaluation and trying to, re, trying to reshape your identity begins to kind of converge on your mind, you can, it, it, it leaves an opening to do sometimes very reckless things because you're trying to rediscover something. So it could be a dangerous time, but it also can be a, a wonderful time of opportunity because in some ways you can, I don't want to say redesign yourself, but you can uh, make adjustments to the way that you want to approach the next half of your life and step out into challenges maybe that you may not have done before, but you know what, you're willing to do that now. There's enough life experience and a sense of time is not forever, right? So you go, I have a certain amount of time to do something here. And so, you know, really trying to work past fears and insecurities and saying, no, I want the next half of my life to count for something that has a purpose that goes beyond just myself. So I think that could be, you know, the, uh, a commonality of, of women in their, in their 40s. Hmm. 
Well, that was going to answer my question already. <laughs> I was asking you, I was going to ask you next, Cheryl, was how do you see us applying the Titus II mandate in our present culture? Did you want to expand on yeah, that? Yeah, well, um, you know, the Titus II mandate is, and I'm not going to uh, quote the entire scripture, but basically I'll just kind of put it in a nutshell, is that the older women teach the, you know, the younger women. And, uh, you know, how to live uh, godly lives, how to, you know, uh, the challenges of, of marriage and children and how to navigate that, teach them how to live wisely. So there's something about, um, and, and it, it, that's the other interesting part is I think in the midlife, you begin to re wonder what your value is. And I'll tell you what, your life experience is your value. Um, we all, at different you know, decades, we go through challenges of decisions and you know, tr um, uh, crossroad moments. But the older you get, you have more of, you've had more of them, right? So there's a lot more experience to draw from. So I think the Titus II mandate, or the Titus II principle about older women um, speaking to the lives of, of the younger women is, is not an antiquated idea. I think it, it, you know, because Lindsay was saying the challenges nowadays, it's very different. The challenges of building relationships. Um, Pastor Terry had mentioned about solitude, how before in the olden days when we were trying to get from one place to another, we, they had to walk, right? So integrated into your daily life because there was no car or anything, you had to walk. You walked from one place to another and naturally you had these moments of solitude to think. You didn't have an iPod or, you know, an iPhone. <laughs> the inside joke is I just got a, a, a new one, and it's been very interesting trying to build parameters for myself. But anyways, <laughs> so, um, but, you know, that was integrated into your natural life. I think community in days past, there was a natural integration of women com being a community together. Right? I mean, you would go to the market together. You would wash your clothes by the river. There was, a, you know, cooking together. There, there, was, there was an integration of, of grandma, mom, aunts, neighbors mingling with each other. So there was a natural sense of community. I think nowadays we don't have that. In fact, I think we value in our culture kind of more, uh, you know, self-reliance, independence, give me my space, you, you do your thing, I do my thing, you know. But, um, but deep down inside, I think part of that loneliness that we talk about is sometimes that maybe the lack of even those deep friendships, you know, and relationships, and the cross-generational. I, I know that I've had a few women that, are, um, that I have uh, gone to and have mentored me, um, and it's been really invaluable. I would say that some of my disappointments of not having that would be my, you know, my mom lives in Hawaii, so that we were thousands of miles away, and we, have not lived together for, since I was 17. So there was a lot of life that she wasn't a part of in helping me, you know, as far as just like dating and, you know, the issues of life and raising, uh, getting married, raising children. Um, she was there, but there's something about women that are present in your life, okay? So hear me on that. I think there's something very different than a phone call or text messaging somebody, give me an answer on this or help me with this. Something about physically present being there, living life together. So yeah, it takes more uh, intentionality, but the principle that God lays out is still of deep value. So even though, yeah, we don't naturally have that 
designed in our culture anymore is still something I think we miss out if we don't intentionally make effort you know, to cultivate that. And even if you're not married, I mean that, you know, whether you're married or not single and you have kids, you're older or in your 20s, you could mentor somebody in, your, in their high school years, something about giving words of encouragement or just walking alongside of them is so beneficial. You know, um, I could relate to what Christy was talking about. My parents, you know, those are your parents, I'm really sorry. You would tell your children things over and over and they don't get it, but somebody else tells them and all of a sudden they get it. Well, that's someone for me who has always been like Priscilla Kalea. She would tell me something about parenting and I go, oh wow, that's, that, must help. that must be how my mom feels. And I would have such a deep appreciation for my mom. And you know, it'd be more affectionate or more compassionate, more serving her. And she was like, what's going on? And it was because of my relationship with Priscilla that I got to appreciate you know, my mom in her 50s, 60s, and 70s, you know, to see the different transition she's been going through. So there's a real value in that. And just even imparting wisdom to those who were younger than me. Like in dating, I would be in a small group. And, and at this time, I was coaching a small group. I was probably in my mid-30s. And small group participants were in their 20s. And they began to pray for their husbands. It was really cute. And then I was like, well, it might take a while, so let's pray some more. <laughs> Especially in the Bay Area, you know. You, you might have to wait. And so you, as somebody who was in their 30s and 40s, you have to encourage women, especially Christian women in the Bay Area, be, you know, be steadfast, be immovable, you know, and keep your eyes on the Lord. He knows that desire. He hasn't forgotten. He's still working it out. You know, don't worry what the world tells you. And, you know, you and I can walk outside of these doors and be influenced by TV, by radio, by other friends, but it's in community, it's in fellowship with one another that you glean encouragement from. You know, when I talk to Cheryl or Christy or, you know, any of these women, we cross, you know, mentor and we have a relationship with one another. We're able to give a word of, of encouragement, whether it's scripture or, or out of our own personal experience. And I can take that and I'm going to go, you know, that's truth. And all of a sudden, if I receive God's truth, it then gives me a new opportunity. So that opportunity is, am I going to do what the world's telling me to do? Or am I going to do what my sisters are saying, you know, this is what God wants for you. It may not be happening now, but it will happen. So I just want to reiterate that. Mary, practically speaking, can you let us know um, how do you live in community with other generations? Well, I think it's already been mentioned um, serving, and that's the first thing that came to my mind because right when I came to Cornerstone, um, I remember being in, in women's groups, and all the women in my group were my age, and I was like, well, you know, how can I fulfill this scripture of being one of the older women? which I was when I came, and I was probably, I don't know, this was in 1996, so I don't know how old I was, but um, younger than that. But I was <laughs> always one of the older women. Even when I was in my 20s at my other church, I was always one of the older women. <laughs> so um, I signed up to serve in the nursery. I, you know, you think, well, that's just taking care of babies, but really it's rubbing shoulders with other moms, young moms, moms that you can encourage and say, gosh, you're doing a great job. Wow, you know, your, your child is wonderful. What are you doing here? You must have some kind of secret. <laughs> and um, so that's one of the things. And then um, when the marriage ministry started here, uh, we got involved right away and, because we'd always had a heart for married couples, being married quite a while ourselves, and knowing that that's something that, you know, you really need 
someone to walk alongside of you with you know, through the challenges and the blessings and the joys and hardships. And so that has been really one of the main ways we've forged relationships with my husband and I and me individually with the wives, women, um, through the marriage ministry and living life together, like it's been said before. Lots of good meals together, just um, going to concerts together, babysitting their kids, us on the other end now, babysitting their younger kids, not younger people coming and, you know, which was once the case in my life, yeah. younger people would come and help me, but, um, you know, just day-to-day just -day activity, doing errands together, um, and so on and so on and forth, you know, living life, having the birthdays together. Um, and now I find myself, you know, living through exactly what Cheryl described with this um, reevaluation of, of my life in my later 40s and kind of now, you know, beginning in the last couple of years, taking the steps um, to walk out what I feel is <clears throat> kind of a re, um, redirection a little bit. Um, I will always, we will always be involved with married couples, even though we're not formally involved in a group right now. We, we still have relationship with younger couples that we, um, you know, mentor or hang out with or just come alongside. And we love that because we know that the things we've experienced, we don't want to go to waste. We don't want the struggles that we've experienced or the um, difficulties or the joys to be just for us, it's for somebody else as well. And so um, now having found myself kind of in, not in that ministry formally, it's like, okay, what, you know, what do I do? Like Cheryl said, and um, Christy asked me to, to consider being involved with the youth, and I really had a heart to mentor some young girls, and I was gonna go about it like outside of the church through an organization that would just plug me in with a girl, and um, that would have been so much easier. <laughs> but uh, God had a better plan because I needed to come in to the youth ministry as, a, as the oldest person in the building ever. <laughs> And be confronted with all those adolescent insecurities of, oh my goodness, you know, are they going to talk to me? Are they going to want to hang out with me? Are they going to like me? Oh my goodness! And um, in fact, Mary, you said it felt like you were like a teenager again, and that, that those all feelings those that came, came back. Up. All yeah. those things came up, and I guess we never grow out of that. Do yeah, we? but I, I haven't experienced that in a long time, really, because I, my comfort zone, and I was hitting my stride with the married couples, and. You know, this was like, oh my goodness, I'm just beginning all over here. I have to humble myself. I have to come in and learn from the youth workers who are all younger than me and have been doing it. And, um, you know, at this age, you kind of have a way you like to do things and your style and your personality. And my style is not the same as some of their style. And so it's like I continually had to humble myself and just you know, kind of say, I'm going to do it their way, and their way is best, and um, be teachable, and learn something new, and be, um, you know, not the expert, and so it's been really a good journey for me, I, um, I love the, the young people, and I, I don't know what the future holds there, I'm just taking my first steps, like I said, I need to work on the relationships there, I've, I've um, my style is kind of gentle, Low, building trust, kind of, you know, a presence in their lives where they can get to know them. And um, 
I need to take it up a notch now <laughs> and say, okay, let's do this. So, so I've done the non-threatening things, you know, of just attending their events, their plays, their musicals, um, having groups over for dinner. Now I, I have to step it up a notch. So I'm in process here. And it's, it's a good thing because I think I'm breaking a stereotype of my generation, which is that they don't like to do anything new. <laughs> they don't like to learn anything new. Or you know maybe they're stuck in their ways or rigid or inflexible. Okay. And I'm having to let God work all of those things in me. Um, and I think you know I, I'm really thankful that he's taken me this route instead of maybe the easier route. And so anyway. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you, Mary, for sharing that. Priscilla, <laughs> how has your faith helped you overcome the challenges of your decade? First, I want to just thank the Lord for giving me this opportunity to share what uh, he has done in my life. And, uh, and, and I thank him for the young heart that he has given me. And I was telling Cheryl that Hey, I can't relate with people my age. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what to say to them. I, I don't know what to do with them. And so I think that that's God's design for my life, and you just have to really uh, follow that path that God is leading you. And of course, there are obstacles, you know, in that path. And uh, so I, uh, I make it a point that I connect. And I can even connect with a, with a, with a boy like 13 years old, and, or maybe less. And I know there is a connection. It's not just, hey, you're cute. Hey, <laughs> Here, here's some, go buy your, your bagel or something. And that's Paris, uh, Christine's son. And there's just a connection. And he hugs me. And oh my gosh. so. Can I, can I adopt you? No. no. <laughs> so I think, I think that I'm happy because I am where God wants me to be. And that gives me a lot of joy and fulfillment. And if I'm staying home and I'm not challenged with anything, gee, this life is boring. This life is boring. I'll just sit around and whatever, get fat or whatever, eat, you know. But I make it a point. I have to walk. I have to walk every single day. And, and then I come home and am I off track now? You are so funny. So <laughs> I come home and just, just enjoy the rest of the afternoon doing studying or whatever, doing chores. Sometimes you have to do your chores because there has to be a balance. If I'm always reading the word, if I'm always praying, if I'm always worshiping and there's no balance, it grieves me and it's not complete. So I have to do my chores. <laughs> anyway, so, so I think that keeps me uh, in balance and, and I love that. But I think ultimately it's, it's my love for the Lord, passion for the Lord that, that's real, you know. It's, I cannot, I cannot uh, be happy in a day where I haven't prayed and sought the Lord and enjoyed his presence. And I, 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 I just, I think God just made me that way and he loves it too because he enjoys me as well while I come into his presence. 
but in answer to your question, did I answer your question? Yes. <laughs> so I, I think connection. It is the connection that 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 uh, makes me, you know, where, I mean, like, not acting my age, but I think I'm acting younger than my age. And of course, I have, I, I have, my greatest challenge now is facing the perils of getting older. They're, they're perils, and you have to face it no matter what, you know. So I, I, uh, I know that God has provision. He has promises for us to strengthen us in, in time of weakness, physical weakness, because I have aches and pains, you know. It's perpetual. It's always there. <laughs> and uh, I have forgetfulness, so I might forget words, so bear with me. <laughs> and memory lapses. So I, I, that's why I love reading. I, I love to read. Because I, wanna, I have to make my mind work by reading and just, uh, see, I'm, lost. I'm losing my thought here. <laughs> uh, where am I? OK, OK. I'm talking about the perils. And it, it comes, it comes. It, you don't invite them, they come, you know, and okay, uh, what am I gonna do with my wrinkles, you know? They, they just appear, you know what I mean? <laughs> and one time I was looking at myself and I see all this, gee, what are these? Are these wrinkles here? And, and my sagging upper arm. <laughs> oh my goodness, I said. What are we going to do? <laughs> I think if you accept it, you know, then it, it'll be OK. I mean, we all go there nonetheless. So I, uh, I don't resort to, uh, to uh, makeup or what do you call those, whatever, you know, like youth uh, cream or whatever. I, I just want to be me, you know, and I think, I think when you are, when you have the joy of the Lord in you, it kind of rejects, I guess. And so, so that's that's where, that's where, that's what. Uh, I mean, that's that's to me. I'm content with that. And one time I was just looking at myself and, oh Lord. So I said, thank you anyway. You know. <laughs> I just have to do my best and eat well, of course, and uh, walk. And I can't, I can't do exercise because I, I don't want to break my bones. So that's, <laughs> I just walk. That's my only exercise. So, but anyway, the Lord provides. He, he has provision. He has promises that has sustained me through the word. And... God has always a provision. Whatever you need is, it's here. It's here. You just have to have the Holy Spirit lead you to that scripture that for whatever need you may have. Okay, so I'm going to share with you scriptures that the Lord has uh, given me so that uh, I can 
I can read them and confess them every day, and it works, it works. It may not show in my face, but you know, it's, it's, it's inside me. It's okay, you're okay, you're okay. You're, don't worry about it, you know. So I'm gonna share some scriptures because I know someday you're gonna need this. <laughs> okay, it's Psalm, Psalm 92, uh, verses 12 to 15. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. I love this scripture because it promises that even in your old age, you're bearing fruit. And I know I am bearing fruit. And, and, and to stay fresh and green, yes, inside you're fresh and green. And the other scripture with, is found uh, in Isaiah. Oh, Lord, where is it? Ooh. Okay. Back up. Okay, hold on. Okay. It's in Isaiah 46, verse 4. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. This is a good promise, and I, God sustains me in my, in my, in my aging and I am just thankful that he has his word uh, to minister to me. And the last but not the least is found in Isaiah 40. This is, this is the popular scripture which says he gives 40, Isaiah 40 verse 27, I mean 29. He strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. I think, I look at the eagle, you know, because I think God made us to be like the eagle, that whatever challenges we're facing, that's, that's going to be our launching point where we could soar like the eagle, soar, soar uh, the turmoil, passing by the turmoils of life, soaring like the eagle. And that, that to me, it, it's, it's prophetic. It's, the eagle has a good message for us. And, and I, I just love what, what, what the word says, that we can soar no matter what problems we are facing, if you, if you do it. It's a choice. You have to, you have to choose to soar because we are made to soar in the spirit. And I think that concludes my word. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. You know, when I look at Priscilla, especially, you know, when I look at the decades ahead, I think sometimes the only part that 
it can be scary sometimes. It's the aging part of it, like mm -hmm. you were describing, like all of a sudden you go, wow, mm -hmm. you know, that, mm -hmm. that the youth is gone, right? right but right. what I've really appreciated about the both of you, um, but uh, Priscilla, is that she doesn't, she's never retired in the oh, Lord, you know? Right. There's no yeah. retirement. There's no she retirement. has found ways to be relevant in the Lord. She um, is always available. And you know, there's a gift actually in the slowing down, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe even the forgetfulness because you know, we simplify our lives. Mm -hmm. We have to, because we just can't do the multitask all over the place. It's mm -hmm. just, you begin to slow down. Mm -hmm. Priscilla, she has, we call it her office. She is usually at Starbucks, right? <laughs> and she has her office, and it's very beautiful because she has her Bible and her notes, and she spends time there. But Priscilla is available. There's, mm -hmm. there's just something about God slowing us down because we do become, hopefully, we become more available. Mm -hmm. I know that when I call Priscilla, she will, she will have time to talk with me and to pray with me. And there's also this sense of when... When she says that she's going to pray for you, I know she's going to be praying for me, you know. And uh, so she is an inspiration of, of, you know, who I want to become. Mm, thank you, Lord. Well, I know that for me, when I hit my 30s, my best friend is um, about three weeks older than me. And we were very nervous at 29 as the 30s were approaching. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> a lot of concerns about what would happen, that we had to have everything figured out. I really thought when I went to my 30s, I had to know everything. And at some point in my 30s, I would figure it out. And every once in a while, I'm like, how come I haven't figured everything out yet? How come I don't have it all perfectly balanced? I don't know how much time to spend at work and at the gym and on the phone. And, and I appreciate the fact that we can all talk about how identity is a constantly changing thing. And um, the Lord, we constantly see new sides of the Lord, and they match where we are. You know, we see new things in God and new seasons, and he really does provide what we need at that season. What I need today is not what I needed in my 20s. And I'm sure when I'm in my 50s, I will need something different. And I appreciate hearing how God has met each of us, each of you, in those different phases. And it has been enough. You know, those things that I'm worried about will come to me in my old age. I look at you and I see, it's okay. They made it. I'm going to make it. You know, they'll be all right. I'll be all right. I agree with what you said. There is the, um, you know, the, the uh, awareness of the truth that God is all I need, really. And, and that becomes more and more sure as every year goes by, as every decade. And it's, so it's not just this simplistic answer, you know, like, oh, God will be your answer. He really is. He really is. That comes down to the, the real truth of it all. Right. Because I think you have the life experience to back it up, and you have that perspective that um, I know Pastor Terry often talks about the perspective of being up high can see something better than when you're down in the valley and when you're on this end of the, the ages you can look back at your life and have a different perspective looking back than you did when you were looking forward and I think that's one of the values in mentoring is giving away that perspective and being able to help someone see that perspective and um, you know I just like you said there is more um, availability you know roles are changing 
Um, you don't, you may not be as active of a, a parent, or you know, so it frees up your availability to, and your desire to do it because you want significance. You've had, a, you know, maybe success in other areas, and now you want meaning, and now you want to, to um, leave your legacy. And you know, not that you can't do that all along the way. We are doing it as we live, but I think the urgency for it is even greater because we know our time is shorter. So. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned something too that I appreciate is, is keeping a, a teachable heart, you know, teachable mm -hmm. spirit is that you, you know, you, you just, even at 60, 50, 40, you, you realize you don't, you definitely don't know it all, you know, and yeah. you never will. And, and you're okay with yeah, it. Yeah, and you're okay you're with it. you're more okay with it than you were earlier because you know that there is uncertainty in life and um, that's okay. When God called Abraham out to um, leave his familiar land and go to a new land, he had no idea where he was going, but he took the first step, and then he depended on God for each step along the way, and that's exactly what we need to do. And I think we have more confidence in God because he's done it in the past. We've seen him do it. We can look back. You know, in the moment, maybe there are moments when we fear or, or are insecure, but we get our eyes back on God and back on all of those things, and, and we know it's okay. He's going he's gonna to give me the next step that I need. Yeah. Yeah. where I'm supposed to be. True. In a nutshell, I think there are the, an older generation would like to be valued. A younger generation, I think, would like to have a cheerleader. You know, you can do it. That you know, I, I see your potential. I see where you're going. You can do it. And I think the Titus two, you know, principle answers that. You know, when the older women uh, instruct the younger women. There, that intergenerational relationship fulfills both. There's a sense of, yes, this is, I'm able to give back what I now have, have, have learned and still am learning. Um, and there is also a sense of encouragement that there are, isn't any obstacle, there isn't any circumstance that God is not gonna get you through. And whatever you may feel like you're, you're struggling with, either I, you know the identity or self-worth, I'm gonna tell you what I see in you. And there's just, there is an encouragement to, to feel like, yes, I can, I can move forward and feeling like there's that, that support. All right, my last question for all of you is, and Lindsay, you can answer first. What do you think that your generation needs from the generations ahead of you? Mm. Um, well, I've been soaking up everything that you guys have been saying <laughs> like a sponge, so. Um, let's see. I think um, encouragement, like you know, some of the women have shared. Um, for me, what's helpful is a, a model. Um, just watching how women in older generations live, how they relate to other women, how they relate to their family. Um, just kind of just watching them as a, a model of a, a godly woman, a godly wife, um, and, and mother. And I think that's really helpful. I think. Um, I, something that just keeps occurring or coming through my mind is the idea that um, I feel like right now, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in my generation. You know, I don't have things figured out. I don't know what's coming next. I'm making a lot of decisions. And it's, um, you know, it'd be, the easy answer would be for someone who is older to say, oh, well, once you get older, you'll, you'll understand and all that will be figured out. Um, you know, that would be an easy answer. But it's actually really reassuring to hear just like, um, it, it's, 
honesty and that there's like a mutual vulnerability in a relationship with a woman of older generation that they're saying, you know, I don't have it figured out either. I don't have all the answers either. So it kind of, um, I think, makes me more comfortable with where I'm at and, and um, wanting to spend more time focusing on, okay, God, how are you going to fill those areas for me versus, okay, just trying to figure things out so that then I'm over this hump and now, now everything's smooth sailing. And so I think that there's kind of... Um, a value in understanding that that's reality of being a human, right? That over time, as you grow, those things are still going to be there, uncertainties, doubts, insecurities, and that it's, a, you know, you need to just, con it's a constant process of growing. So I think understanding that that is, you know, going to be a constant thing is helpful. Um, I think um, bringing, for me, um, I come from, you know, my parents are divorced, so it's helpful for me to see women who are in happy marriages and working through that. Um, that's something that I like to see, you know, how um, they work through challenges and, and choose to stay together when there might be a decision where they, you know, they could have gone another way. Um, so that's encouraging to me to just bring hope that there's good, godly men out there. Um, I think there's a lot of maybe um, cynicism um, in my age group, especially living in this um, this city and uh, in a big city, so um, just there's a lot of encouragement in seeing that. Thank you, Christy. How about you? What do you? What do I think again? Um, I think for my generation, honestly, I will say I know a lot of people in their 30s who don't have kids really enjoy the opportunity to take care of children and to be around children. Just so you know. Um, <laughs> also, too, I think. Just Why did you tell me that 10 years ago? <laughs> Lessons you learn. Um, also, 10 years ago, they went to 30. <laughs> True. I think I really appreciate um, the perspective. I think sometimes I get very caught in doing 15 million different things, and sometimes it's really helpful to have someone older who can you know, say, yeah, you know, a job, the work's going to be there every day. Or, you know, but what about the people in your life? Or who are you impacting? Or what about you and the Lord? Like, what are the things that are going to last? What is, where are you going to still have in 20 or 30 years? That's really great to have that perspective. And I think just being able to sit in somebody's home sometimes and be with their family, especially if you are like me and your family isn't nearby and you don't have a family of your own, or sometimes even if you do, it's just great to go and sit in somebody's house and be with all the different generations because sometimes we do just always stay with our own group. So getting to be with kids and with teenagers and with adults and with grandparents is a wonderful experience we don't always get. So I think the Brisbane's has... They've You've done me well. We've entertained her throughout the year. <laughs> yes, you have. You have. I've appreciated it. That's so true what you say because I went to a party last weekend and I was around um, multiple age groups that I'm not normally around. And I was like, kids, there's kids, you know, like, there's like, there's babies in this world, you know, and then, and like, oh, older people, you know, like sometimes that happens almost, I just remember being in college too, I was in a huge yeah. college town and it was like, not everyone is 22, you know, in the whole world. So it's just, it, yeah, that perspective and observing families together. I mean, it sounds so obvious, um, but I think sometimes we can be so caught up in, you know, what we do every day and among our tight knit groups and, and, not remember the, the different needs that are in the different generations. So it's kind of funny. And I think, too, hearing what women of different generations are dealing with in their particular lives 
is so helpful because I appreciate the vulnerability. I appreciate knowing that you don't have to figure everything out. And it also makes me realize I need to, fig I need to focus on what's happening now in my life because it's not like if I just wait a little while, the next is going to be so much better and it's just yeah. going to be perfect yeah. if I could just get through this year. No, it's not. You know, we all have challenges where we are and the grass is not greener on the other side. No, the grass is greener where you water it. Yeah, you got it. Where you water it. So it is true, though. It's yeah. true. I get kind of the privilege of being in the middle, right? So there's this part of being able to look ahead and with inspiration, um, you know, of, of keeping, there are, there is something you had mentioned, Lindsay, you had mentioned about just the consistency of working hard, like in marriage or raising children. Sometimes you, you, do, you just feel like, wow, I don't know if I could keep doing this, but to, to hopefully be able to leave some kind of legacy if possible. But, um, just to be able to, you know, look and, and be inspired by a generation that is making it, that is making it, and then looking back and being totally energized to by, uh, it's always the, the rapid life that I remember, you know, and I'm not saying that that's how you should always live, but there's something about being able to use that energy to um, dream and to, to go for things and to go for it. You know, you don't need any, any like, well, that's not going to work, you know. <laughs> Sometimes I've done that, though. But, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's energizing for me to see, to see uh, that, you know, excitement. Um, I guess that what I would want the younger generation to know um, is that Women, older women, are really wanting to um, have relationships with you, and um, that you know there shouldn't be um, a fear about that. That you shouldn't be intimidated by us. That we're just kind of ordinary people that are flawed and struggling just like you. And we don't want to um, solve all your problems or fix you or answer all your questions. We just want to walk alongside you. Now I know when I, I was there. I might have wanted somebody to tell me what to do <laughs> at times, and I still do sometimes, but that never is the way God does things. Yeah. So I think we, we want to walk alongside you in your joys, your difficulties, your life. And um, we are just real people, and um, you know, that's, that's what we want them to know. Do, do you think that there is, um in just with the cross-generational relationships, I have found at least that um, it's harder for an older person to go up to a younger person and say, "Oh, I, you know, I want to be in your life. Can I mentor you?" You know, um, it seems to, that in some ways, because sure. we have to be more intentional. Would you say? Would you agree that it's yeah, I would to have? Think, well, they don't really want to do that. You know, I, I wouldn't. I think you know when you get to a certain age. You start to become a little bit, um, you know, I wouldn't say invisible, but, you know, kind of less, um, you know, the younger people have, you know, their, their things that they're doing, and you're just kind of, um, maybe not, they're not aware that you're even there, <laughs> possibly, but um, I think that, you know, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't assume or presume that that's what was desired on their part, but I would want them to know that it was desired on this end so that they are freer and less intimidated to um, create a relationship or you know, um, at least take a step toward that in wherever they are in their circles. 
It's, it's so funny to hear that because I hear like um, so many women in their 20s, especially, you know, I interface with a lot of women um, through Dinner Dialogues Ministry who are new to Cornerstone or just connecting or a lot of people who um, have moved away from their family and so they don't have those, you know, older relationships close by. And I hear the, uh, the same thing, you know, like I just really want to connect with women who are older, but I feel like they're so busy and I just feel like a burden and I don't know and maybe they don't want to spend time with me and they don't have time and you know all these things so it just it's just funny it's like we're, bo- we're both there going he you know <laughs> kind of like you have a crush on someone and you don't know that they like you too and you're just like I don't know what I should do so it's like you know I think I think that um, the word's out so <laughs> um, cat's out of the bag so start you know it, Hopefully we can break down some barriers just by announcing. Because I remember when we got together to talk, um, to you know just prepare for this discussion, basically have this same discussion. Um, and I heard that I was like, really? Okay, I didn't know that. Like I better start telling people that you know you you want to spend time with us because. Um, but I think know. we do need your overture. You okay. know that to, to make the yeah, make the move yeah. to make the first move. Yes, yeah, so make the <laughs> okay. first move. Make the first move. Okay, <laughs> got it. Yeah. <laughs> Priscilla, how about you? What What's do you your want? question? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the question either. <laughs> what would you like from the genera- these generations? Oh, gee, okay. My heart is wide open. There's room for anyone. So come on. I mean, I love that. I love that. So I think that's all I can say. I love hanging out with the younger generation, and that's how God designed my life. And I know he, he wants to raise women that can relate and connect. And I pray the Lord that will raise more uh, older women that can really connect and be a blessing to you. And uh, well, uh, the next generation, like 70, I don't have anybody there. I, I don't know, my God is taking me there. I'm 69, so I'm, I'm, I'm embarking a new generation next, next year. So she can only wear that shirt one more year. <laughs> one more year. Oh, no, I'm. You can only wear it one more year. Next year I'm going to be 70. I know, so you can't wear the oh, shirt Oh, anymore. you mean I, I have yeah, to use have it to every day? Is that what you mean? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Okay. Oh, so. That's our shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that was just sad. <laughs> okay, so I think that's all I can say, Mags. That's a good word. That's a good word. Well, ladies, I hope you have been blessed by all the wisdom that is on this panel. Let's give it up for us. Any concluding thoughts? Let's pray. Mm -hmm. We we will pray. Right now we're going to pray, and this is how this is going to work. I'm going to have Christy and Mary pray, and I'll conclude in prayer um, as well as we'll go into the offering. Just want to remind you that we do have the outreach activity with city teams. So even if you didn't bring anything, you know, and you got 10 minutes, you got half an hour, 40 minutes. Many hands make the work light, so definitely, you know, mosey on by there. You're definitely also welcome to receive prayer from the Eagles Wings team. And so um, let's see. What we'll do is for those of you who are 18 to 39, please stand.
if there are some of you who are unsure what age you are. <laughs> All right, now the remaining of you, I guess, is 40 and up. Will you please stand? I guess. Do we stand? Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Christy pray. And Christy will be praying for the women that are 40 and older. And she's going, to part, and, uh, she's going to say a blessing of impartation to bless those who are 40 and older that she's representing 18 through 30. Nine. Nine. Thank you. <laughs> so, Christy? And you know, if you would, let's link let's arms together. Why don't you link, link, link arms. arms together? Because I think that that's, uh, God wants us to be together here. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's what you're going to need to pray. need my hands. <laughs> Okay. So, Heavenly Father, we just stand before you, Lord God, and we are so grateful for the generations that come, Lord God. We are thankful for the older women you have put in our lives, Lord God. I want to lift them up to you, Father. I, I thank you for their wisdom. I thank you for their experience, Lord God. I thank you for the blessings that you have brought to me through these women, Lord God. And I just want to pray, Lord, that you would give them a spirit of perseverance, Lord God, that you would bless them in their faithfulness, Lord, and give them a greater dose of endurance, Lord God, that they might be faithful with what you have given them, Lord. I pray for a spirit of joy, Lord God, that they may just be overwhelmed by the joy of the Lord that will just fill them with the glow that is far more important than what they look like on the outside, Lord God, but that they would radiate to people around them, Lord, that they would not be overwhelmed by the challenges of their age, Lord God, of their culture, of the society that we live in, Lord God, but that they would be a true testimony to you, Lord God, that they would bear fruit continuously, Lord God, as they grow older, Lord. May you stir up in them a desire to reach out to the women below them, Lord God. May you give them confidence in what you have given them, Lord, and a heart to share and to minister, and a spirit of grace for those beneath them, Lord God. May they just be gentle and kind with the mistakes of us who are younger and often more foolish, Lord God. And I just pray a special blessing upon them. May your favor alight upon them, Lord God. May your favor just drip over them, Lord God. May they feel your presence and your love and your guarantee that you will be with them in any circumstance, Lord God, that they need not fear old age, Lord God. They need not fear trying to care for themselves or support themselves or to meet all the demands of life, Lord, but that you will always provide abundantly and gladly, Lord, that it will give you great delight to be everything that they need, Father. So I just ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Lord. And, um, I just, as I see us all linking arms here um, right now and in the generations coming together, um, it's symbolic, Lord, but I, I pray that we would um, have something happening in our hearts today, deep within our spirits, Lord, that, that would cause us to want to connect with one another and um, that we would be um, a working body, a healthy body, a body here at Cornerstone, a body in the larger sense as well, Lord, all fitted together, um, the parts working together just as they were meant to be. And I just want to thank you for the young women in this body, the younger women, um, Lord, and all the promise and potential and beauty that I see there, Lord. And I just ask that you would um, create in them, stir up in them, Lord, a hunger and a desire to know you more, to love you more. Continue, Lord, to um, 
grow them in you, to strengthen them in their inner spirit, Lord, to, as Cheryl mentioned, to um, allow their roots to go deep into your, you, your love and your word and your um, just knowing you and serving you with all they have, Lord. May they be on that journey. May they continue that journey. May they <clears throat> look for where you are at work and join in and um, do it with all their hearts, Lord. I pray that, um, Father, that as you see the eternal significance or uh, the eternal perspective, really, um, so much more than we do, that we could, um, you know, Lord, you, you are a master planner. You are uh, creating masterpieces here in this, in this room, Lord, each one that you have created as a masterpiece, and you're continuing, continuing to create and work and bring out their creativity and their purposes and plans. I pray for direction for them. I pray for them to step into their purposes that you have created for them, the works that you have to do, um, the people that you're creating, that you're making them become, Lord, the young women of God. And I pray for their characters and their, their, that they will always continue to grow, Lord. Lord, um, help us to use this time wisely that you've placed um, us here for in this moment in time from our early days to our later days. Lord, help us to never limit ourselves by our age, but to just walk in the purposes that you have for us. I'm going to have the band come up here, and I'll close in prayer. Father God, Lord Jesus, you know, ladies, just continue to stand and receive from the Lord. Just lift up your hands to Father. Lord Jesus, Father God, we thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for this expression, Lord God, for the generations, Lord, for what we sang today early, Lord God. We just thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, I just want to continue to lift you up and give you honor and glory. Lord, I want to pray, Lord, for those, Lord God, who are going through difficult times, Lord, in relationships, Lord God, where marital or, or friends or even breakups, Lord, that you begin to do a mighty work in our hearts, Lord, that we just open, Lord, ourselves to receive your healing, Lord, that you would direct our paths, Father God. Lord, I pray, Lord God, for those who are struggling financially, Father God, Lord, whether it's layoffs or, or job loss, Father God, or pending financial crisis, Lord. Right now, we pray that you begin to fall afresh upon these homes, Lord God. Continue to be their Jehovah Jireh, Lord God. We call forth, Lord, prosperity and abundance, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray for those who are going through a medical crisis, Father God, whether it be back pains, headaches, Lord, even infertility problems, cancer, Lord God. You know what each woman here, Lord, may be suffering with or battling with, Lord God. We pray your anointing, your healing balm of Gilead over them right now, Lord. You begin, Lord God, that whatever is misaligned in their body, you begin to make whole and perfect. We pray for restoration, Lord God, in these women today. 
Lord, and perhaps you're not struggling in any of these areas, but you know someone who has made this impartation fall upon you, that wherever you go, Lord God, you can bring this to your home and your family and your coworkers. Lord, we thank you for meeting us in a special way. Lord, most of all, we thank you that you bridged the generations. But Lord, it was you who bridged us to the Father. When you, when you, crossed your, when you opened your hands and died on the cross, you bridged us to God. So Lord, we thank you for that act of reconciliation. It's because of that, Lord, we can go to him. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you begin to do a mighty work, Lord, in our hearts. Lord, we thank